All right. Part two of this bad boy. Um, just had to go check out an apartment for the fall. So, yeah, hence the break. Um, start with the Cavs. Uh, drafting Colin Sexton. I get Sexton. I get the whole, this guy's a competitor. This guy's tough. This guy's got heart. He will work his ass off to be a really good NBA player, and he hates to fucking lose. I get all those things. Um, but he just kind of reminds me of, I don't know, kind of like Chris Dunn, but a less gifted defender. Um, like, just what does he do really well? What is that shot going to work? It looks weird to me. I guess it's not as broken maybe as Dunn's. But uh, I just don't really see. Um, I just don't really see how he's going to be a big off the dribble shooter for his whole career. I don't really see how um, he's going to be a super dynamic playmaker, a super dynamic, you know, blown by guys to the rim. Um, I could see the defense coming along, but I just don't know if I really see the off ball defense. Um, but I do think Ty Lue and him are a good match. I'm interested to see how that point guard rotation shakes out throughout the year because I do think if George Hill is going to be healthy um, and they are going to want to compete for the playoffs, uh, then Hill is probably, or not probably, definitely your best option. But, I mean, they're, you know, they're rebuilding. They just got the eight overall pick, and um, you, they got to hope that that guy's, that Colin Sexton is going to really, you know, take them back to where they just were. Um so we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what they sort of prioritize, the future or winning games in 2018-19. Um, the K-Love extension, I, you know, I get why they did it. I, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't really see K-Love um, being the most excellent uh, late career guy. I just sort of see that, you know, the athleticism that he did have while he was very limited athletically. I've, I've, I hear there this sort of line of thinking that because he already was so, you know, not so great there that it doesn't really matter and that he was getting by with craft and stuff already and that, you know, as he gets older, that stuff won't doesn't decline as much as the athleticism. But I think he's starting off from such a low point that when his athleticism does start to decline, he's going to be like, really, really fucked, you know? Like, I don't see the rebounding holding up. Like, I don't see um, a lot of the stuff on offense. I mean, he was... I just I just don't really see Kevin Love being um, worth that contract. And if they move it soon, okay. But if they're going to try and hold on to that through next offseason, um, that's going to end up, I think, being a real albatross towards the back end. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, you know, has a really solid sort of late career, good shooter. That's not going anywhere. Um, and they really start to run the offense through him more. And his, his uh, you know, the the athletic drop-off is not as important as I sort of have laid it out to be. Um, but I certainly would not have wanted to get that extension. Um, and I don't know if it makes him easier to trade or harder to trade. Uh, I think if you wanted... If that was your main goal is to get a tradable contract, I would have just gone like a couple more years. Um, I, whether or not I would have agreed to that, I don't know. 
but uh, the whole the whole big big extension is kind of kind of scary to me. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, they should trade Kyle Korver, um, but I doubt that they will. We'll see what Chetty Osman looks like as the starting small forward. Um, I think he's probably a little slight for that, but that shouldn't really matter in the East. Um, and I'm excited to see him get minutes. Hopefully he can shoot a little more consistently, but I think he's got good energy. Um, and I guess they're probably going to start Tristan um, over who else. I guess you wouldn't really start Larry Nance. But, I mean, they've got they've got a pretty big, bulky front court between Kevin Love, Larry Nance, Zizic, Fry, Tristan Thompson. Like, how many of those guys can you really play at the four? Um, I guess, you know, you can play Tristan and Channing together, I guess. I don't know. That all seems a little sketchy to me. They don't really have those swing players like they had. I mean, even with Jeff Green, even though Jeff Green sucks. Um, they don't really have those kind of guys, uh, you know, your Richard Jefferson sort of types on this roster. Um, I guess O'Carroll White maybe, but we'll see. Uh, I like the Nuaba pickup. I think that'll be great. Um, Jordan Clarkson is like my least favorite player in the league. That guy is just not very good at ball. And I... Um, We'll see how that goes. He's certainly going to be more empowered without LeBron on the team, so I don't really know if that's a good thing. But um, I don't know. We'll see. This team sort of seems like a mess to me. I guess if everything hits right, they definitely could be a playoff team, maybe max out around the sixth seed, fifth seed, maybe if the Wizards are really bad and the Pacers disappoint. But... um, I am just not seeing it from these guys, and I think it's much more likely that they are on that on the outer edge of the fringe playoff teams. So, like worse than them. I mean, worse than Detroit, worse than Charlotte, worse than um, Brooklyn, in my opinion, um, and maybe more in that Chicago tier. Maybe like just above, I don't know if Chicago is, but just above the sort of like Knicks, um, Magic, uh, like I said, the Knicks, Magic, Hawks, and I think there was one other one I said, but I don't know, that's sort of real, real, real bottom level teams in the East. Um, the ones that are, you know, jockeying for uh, order at the top of the draft next year, which supposedly is going to be a pretty bad draft, which I'm sort of surprised about. Because I've liked what I've seen of R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson and stuff, um, but I get that there there may be there are a lot of sort of unique prospects that you don't really know how they're going to pan out in terms of skill development and things like that. Um, but there's definitely a lot of guys that I really would like on the Celtics, and if the Sixers were for some reason, or not for some reason, but if they were, to, if the Kings were to win the lottery and they were to get that first pick. Holy moly, would someone like R.J. Barrett or something just be wild on the freaking Sixers like that? You know, process, process, processing. <laughs> I don't know. That uh, that would be cool. But um, where did I even start with that? Jesus. Um, I guess I'll just go back to the Cavs. I think um, I would give them, let's see, drafting of Sexton, love extension, 
Signing Nwaba, signing back Fry. Not a whole lot going on, but lost LeBron. Hit him with the C minus. You know, I mean, they they were about par for the course. Um, I think it's looking like Shy Gilgis Alexander is going to be better than Sexton. Um, I think it's I would probably rather have Bridges than Sexton. Um, some people I respect say they would rather have Zaire Smith than Sexton or even DeAnthony Melton. <laughs> My freaking boy. I know I've mentioned him like four times already. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think I think that uh, they they didn't do too terrible, and I think Sexton will work out fine. I think that Love Extension probably works out fine if Kobe Altman can be proactive with it. I hope they don't give Larry Nance a fucking huge extension. That's going to be disastrous if they do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's looking like a terrible team going into next season, even if they aren't super good, or I mean, even if they aren't a playoff team. Um, they're not going to be just god-awful unless, you know, Caleb and George Hill and Tristan Thompson and stuff, you know, everyone gets hurt. Um or, you know, Corver drops off a ton, so does JR, or something like that. But I think they'll have a solid season. I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, they won't be unwatchable because hopefully they'll be, you know, running some more stuff through Kevin, and he's a fun player to watch when he is on. And so I'm excited to see, you know, what sort of percentage of Minnesota Kevin Love uh, we get back. Because I don't think it'll be nearly all of it, but I think he can be real, real good. Um, moving on to the Dallas Mavericks. My, you know, crazy probably, but my fringe pick for the uh, the playoffs. Um, I just think Luka Doncic is going to be come in and immediately be like, uh, you know, high level starter, all all star, almost you know, fringe all star player. Um, I just think he's going to excel next to Dennis Smith. I think he's going to help him have a really great season and vice versa. To be honest. Um, I think that Wes Matthews and Harrison Barnes are about as perfect uh, defensive complements as you could realistically ask for Luka to come into. Um, I think DeAndre Jordan is going to be an unbelievably nice lob threat for him. And I think Carlisle is going to, you know, I don't think, Jordan, you know, looking back, obviously they would have rather waited and given a contract offer to Capella. But I think Jordan is going to be so solid for that team. I, I'm not worried about that in the least. I think it's a very nice fit, very clean fit. It'll be nice to have Dirk coming off the bench. Um, it'll be nice to have guys like Kleba and Powell and um, uh, what's his name? Um, Salam Mejri, uh, all coming off the bench. Those should all be great fits. They've got, you know, Berea. And Devin Harrison Brunson to sort of help out with the playmaking. But I just think uh, Doncic is going to thrive. I think he's going to be, you know, runaway rookie of the year, kind of like the way it was with Ben Simmons. Um, just in the sense that as good as Donovan Mitchell was, Donovan Mitchell was like, you know, he was he was positively affecting games, but they were sort of iffy at first, and he sort of grew and really came along as the season sort of went and um, – you know, Gobert got back and they went on that huge run where it's like Simmons immediately came in and was just a top 30 player. And it's like played, you know, the top, however you want to put it, level defense. And, um, you know, immediately was one of the best passers in the NBA. And so it's like, I think it's going to be like that with Doncic where 
Um, he's immediately going to come in and shoot our right. He's immediately going to come in and be one of the best playmakers in the NBA. He's immediately going to come in and be a fine defender. I think they're just going to be working all offseason on getting him in good shape. Um, I think it's going to be great. Everyone be there for training camp together. Everyone go through it all. Uh, and just having Dirk, this sort of be Dirk's last sort of whirl. Um, I think he's really going to want to impart his impression on this team. And now that they're sort of set up with Doncic, with Dennis Smith, they don't really have to tank anymore. Um, they've got, I mean, they don't have even have their pick this year or whatever, unless they're really shitty. Um, so like, this is it. Play. Go for it. I think Carlisle wants to win more again. I think their point differential last year uh, was that of a not-so-bad team, and I think that they can easily get back, or not easily, but I think that they can um, get back to a playoff level of team. And I think that teams like the Blazers, like the uh, Timberwolves, um, and like the Pelicans, uh, could end up just being a little worse than team than people think. Um and I think that the Mavericks will just be absolutely solid all season. I think people will really see what's so special about Doncic, and that is that he he he's just good enough to play with these guys. He he always has been. Every level that he's gone to, he's been good enough to play with the people around him, no matter his age, no matter what. And it's like he's dominated wherever he's gone, and he's been serviceable wherever he's gone, even when he was super young. Like he could play. He played. I saw a summer or not a summer league, like a preseason scrimmage between OKC and Real Madrid. And he's, like, playing against Russell Westbrook. And it's, like, that's, that's like, he, and that was, that was like, I don't know, it was, like, two years ago or something. Or, I mean, whenever, K, I think KD was still on the Thunder when that was happening. Um, and it's just, like, the dude, the dude can play with men. The dude is ready to go. I know the game's faster. But, um, you know, I think someone like Joe Ingles really shows that, like, you know, you don't have to be a top-level super athlete if you can really think the game at a fast speed and I think Doncic can absolutely do that and I just couldn't be higher higher on him higher on the Mavs um a plus offseason you know I guess you could downgrade them a little bit for not going with um or not waiting for Capella or not just immediately throwing the uh contract at Capella right away I mean who knows maybe um there was intel around then that uh, he, you know, the Rockets weren't going to want to match a super high contract. But I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm very happy with where they ended up, and their cap sheet's going to be looking nice going forward. And I hope they don't commit too much to DeAndre next year. But as long as that doesn't happen, they should be fine. Um, and it's going to be I that's you know that's my number one team. I can't wait. Or you know after the Celtics, obviously that's the number one team I want to watch a bunch this year. Next up would be the Denver Nuggets. Um, love the IT edition. It's going to be tough for them playing fucking defense. But um, I think they'll certainly be able to uh, give put him in the best sort of positions that he can be to succeed offensively. Um, I think he's best when he is along, alongside a passing big like Al Horford. And, I mean... Nikola Jokic is the best passing big possibly in NBA history. So don't don't foresee that being a problem whatsoever. I think it'll be a huge year for Jokic after re-signing uh, that big contract. I think <coughs> I think um, 
yeah, he should have a huge year. Um, I think he's going to really embrace being the face sort of of the franchise. Uh, and I'm just really excited to see where he can go because I think this could be a year where Nikola Jokic goes from being sort of a stat head, top 10, top 15, whatever player, to a really like, holy shit, this guy is super, super good. Because I could see the Nuggets being like the fifth seed. Um, especially if they're like over the Lakers or something like that, or right up there with the Jazz. Um, I could really see him starting to get his due. Um, otherwise, giving up Chandler to keep Barton the way they did, and then giving up all of Fareed and Arthur and stuff with a pick is tough. Um, if it's all just to duck the tax, which it is, you know, it's never good to see an owner be that cheap. But if that's what he's dealing with, that's what they're dealing with. And I think they made the best of it. I would rather have Will Barton than... Um, I would rather have Will Barton than Wilson Chandler. And it's like, I don't know, the Nuggets aren't winning a championship right now. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic is not at a spot where he, he, we even know if he can stay on the floor against... I mean, even in the playoffs, even against a guy like Steph Curry or James Harden. And it's like, you know... We'll see how it goes. They they but they're they're set up where a lot of guys can thrive at what they do best, and I think that is going to be really nice. There's going to be a lot of space on the floor. Hopefully, Millsap can um, stay healthy, have a good year next to Jokic. I know that fit was a little weird last year, but uh, I've got faith that that can work. Plumlee's still a shitty fit with too much money, but. Whatever. They don't have a lot of the three. Um, I guess they might play a Wancho Hernan Gomez there a bunch. Uh, but that's that's a weird fit. I guess they brought back Tory Craig, but he's sort of eh to me. Um, Michael Porter Michael Porter will probably sit out the whole season, um, but still like that pick. So Nuggets for me probably, they could have done things a little better. I'd give them a B somewhere around there. Um, but I'm definitely excited to watch them next year. Excited to see what Jokic can do. Excited to see what Murray can do, Harris can do. Um, and really, you've got those three guys. Um, you've got two of them completely locked up now, and you're going to have Murray locked up. So there, there's there's not too much to complain about being a Nuggets fan. I'd, they'd obviously really love to make the playoffs this year. Um, and I think that's you know that's the next step that they've got to make. They've, they've, they've got to make the playoffs this year. Um, unless, you know, obviously someone big gets hurt. But even if Millsap goes down, I think they can. They should make the playoffs this year. Jokic, Jokic, Murray. I mean, he started the season just dreadfully last year. If he cannot do that, I think they'll be fine. Pistons. Um, you know, here we go. That's that's kind of like the Hornets for me. Just boring as hell. Blake could have a great year. Probably working on the shooting even more now. Um, you know, he's always been a weird fit with, or, you know, was a weird fit with Drummond and, um, going to continue to be kind of a weird fit. Like all the picks, uh, you know, Kyrie Thomas and Bruce Bowen will be fine. Another year of Kennard. I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting by the end of the year. Um, you know, hopefully Stanley Johnson can have a better year, but we'll save with him at this point, contract year. So maybe he can get something done. Um, you know, just a bunch of eh, guys, um, I don't know if I mentioned Glenn Robinson, but yeah, that's that's a nice little pickup. Um, 
we'll see what they can do. They've got a lot of guys on the wing. You know, they're, they're with the rookies. They're like seven deep on the wing. So, you know, that's the best place to have a ton of guys, and we'll see what they can do with it. Um, you know, Casey historically has gotten a lot out of guys like that. I think I would say. Um, between like early sort of Norm Powell, you know, DeLon Wright, Fred Van Fleet. I guess those are more point guardy kind of guys, but you know, I think I think he's a good coach and I think he'll be able to um, to get to get a decent amount out of this team. I would expect them to be the eighth seed, I, I would say, um, in terms of like expected value. I don't know if that's what I'll pick, just because I might want to be fun and pick someone like the Nets, but I, I would say, you know, Estimated wins, the Pistons are probably the best of that group. Um, and for the offseason, you know, something, you know, C or a B. Uh, would have much rather seen them gone for, go, would have much rather seen them grab someone like um, uh, D'Anthony Melton, I think, would have been a great fit on this team. Um, I'm just really, but I'm just really not a big believer in Reggie Jackson. Uh, but maybe he has a solid year. We'll see. Um, seems like he's just always hurt or not playing well or something though um so yeah stick with about a c maybe a c plus for them and uh, we'll see yeah they should be around you know 35 to 44 wins that's pretty high but you know 43 42 um not terrible they'll be fine they'll be fine the Warriors, I think Boogie's, you know, if it works out, it's, it's you know, you're either going small with the Megadeth lineup or you're going big with Boogie in place of Iguodala. Like, that, that lineup is, like, raw. <laughs> um, it's, you know, that's the USA Olympic team, essentially. So, <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean... He is kind of one guy that it's like specifically against the Celtics or wherever they're going to be playing in the finals. Like, I guess the, you know, you could put Baines out there, but it really seems like um, he would he would mess with Horford. It seems like he would he would really be, be able to dominate essentially anyone. Um, I don't really know how Clint Capella would hold up against a healthy boogie. I don't really know how someone like Jonas Valanciunas or Serge Ibaka. Um, you know, if the Sixers made it, Embiid versus Boogie would be crazy. Uh, but we'll see. I, um, I'm i pretty I'm pretty confident that he'll come back fairly healthy, though. Just because um, I, buy, I buy into the idea that technology and stuff is a lot better and the treatments are a lot better and that... Uh, you know, the steroids are probably a lot better. And that, you know, I could, I, I just see Boogie. I mean, he's a big dude, but uh, he's not like a seven-footer, really, you know? He's like 6'10 or whatever it is. And I just, you know, he's not one of these guys that's like 7'2", 7'3". Uh, and I just, I don't know. I could see I could see that playing in his favor in the recovery. Um and I just think, I don't know, I thought I heard something somewhere like even Elton Brand, who everyone is comparing him to in terms of not being able to come back very good, uh, said that he thinks Boogie will have a much, much better recovery than he did. Um, 
So I, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I guess around the edges, bringing Looney back was nice. Uh, Jarebko is a decent signing. Someone who can kind of shoot a little bit, I guess. Um, Jacob Evans, I don't know if I'm really bought in on. I guess I get the idea that he could be pretty good at everything, but I also think he might just not be good enough at anything. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I don't think they brought back Pat McCaw officially yet, but I think they probably will. And they'll they'll be they'll be you know great. Rockets might be better, but they'll be great. Um, and you know they should go into the the uh, conference finals probably against the Rockets um, as favorites. But I you know I think it should be expected to be like last year. I know Ariza is missing, but I think that you know the uh, the Rockets with a year improved Clint Compella and with their sort of new look will be really fucking excellent. Um, so, you know, A-plus for the Warriors offseason, of course. Uh, what else do we expect? The Rockets. Um, Michael Carter-Williams is a very weird signing to me, but, I mean, if that's going to be theoretically possibly, you know, your backup sort of point guard in the playoffs uh, for whatever it is, 12 minutes a game, um match up with Sean Livingston, play really good defense, switch on everybody. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to have him shoot threes or maybe sort of play as like a dunker with like um, with either Ryan Anderson or P.J. Tucker at center. I could see that sort of working, the shooters all around. Um, but we'll see about that. I think I think he'll be – he'll definitely – could play a role, um, but I think he will most likely end up maybe even, you know, waived at some point to get a buyout guy or something like that. Melton will be fantastic for this team. Could really see him playing minutes in the playoffs. Just really like the composure of his game. Doesn't at all need to be a primary ball handler. Just needs to do secondary creation. And if he can shoot threes, which will, he will have the greenest of green lights to do, um, I think he'll be awesome. I think I think he'll really be by far the steal of this draft. If and if they can get like a quality sort of like anywhere from seventh to like fifth man at pick forty three, like holy shit, that's awesome. Um, all right, so the Tri a loss for James Ennis and Mello, um, and I guess you can include Mumba Mute in there. Um, though I don't really think that you know I know he was missing in the playoffs and they they could have really used him. Um, but I just, I think your best lineups are going to be with the three guards anyways. And it's probably going to be either Tucker at center or Capello at center. So, so if it's, it's, if it's, I don't know, I guess you'd probably rather have Ariza with Capello at center than Tucker with Capello at center. But Tucker really offers that sort of like bulkier option um, that I think is, is nice on KD, but geez, Rariza really was the guy that was guarding KD most. Um, I mean, you look at the most used Rockets lineups in the playoffs, and especially against the Warriors, and Ariza's in like the first like six or seven, you know? Um, I don't know. We'll see. It could end up being really bad, and it sucks that Tillman Fertitta is just not spending the money. Um, 
on this team because if if I know 15 million seems like a lot for Trevor Ariza, but if it was really only for one year, and if it like that, a would have done that, and b like make him up, you know, smaller salary over a couple years. I don't know. It just seems like he was so huge. And why, if you're this high, um, this this close to beating the Warriors, this close to getting a championship, like, why aren't you doing every single thing you can to maximize that, you know, sliver of a chance? Um, just seems weird to me. Um, but I do think James Ennis will be good. I think James Ennis will actually be a better shooter than Ariza. Uh, where it really comes in as defense. I think Trevor is, you know, a little bigger, a little taller than Ennis, but pretty similar body types. Um, it's just whether or not, I mean, are you really going to have James Ennis on Kevin Durant? Like, you could say yes with Trevor a, Like I do not know about that one, man. <laughs> it sounds like a force to me. Um, but... Shooting offensively, it's going to be fine. But that's the other thing is they just run in mellow. So it's like, okay, your your small lineup now <coughs> is either um, so it's so it's 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 going to be Paul and Paul and Harden with Tucker at center. Either way, um, now last year your option for that was either was your three players were Ariza, Mumba Mute, and Eric Gordon. And this year it's going to be Eric Gordon but then James Ennis and freaking Carmelo Anthony. So it's like you went from two sort of defense-first guys to two offensive-first guys. And Gordon wasn't like this defensive stalwart or anything either. So I think the offensive ceiling got a lot higher. And I think Melo could really, really thrive if, you know, they're getting him switched on to, you know, the weakest defensive player, if they're... Um, getting him a ton of open shots in, like, a really, like, sort of flowing offense. Um, and if he's just more confident this year, which I think he I think he can be. as a Like, I, I don't think Russell Westbrook and Paul George are bad teammates, but I think they're both sort of quiet guys when it comes to, like, the communication side of things. And I think that um, Mello and Harden and Chris Paul will communicate a lot better in terms of making sure Melo is comfortable. Because it wasn't that Melo didn't buy in. It was that Melo wasn't comfortable in the role that he had bought into. And I think that's what makes the big difference, is that I think he can really um, get more comfortable in Houston. And I think that their offensive ceiling, again, is a lot higher, whether you're playing with um, you know, Melo at the four, Melo at the three, or you know, Capella at center, or Tucker at center. Ennis next to him, Gordon next to him, whatever. I think he's going to be much better than last year, but I just don't see how he can really play against Golden State, I guess. I mean So if if it's Steph if it's Steph roasting him, if it's Clay roasting him, if it's KD roasting him on defense, can they get Steph switched on to him every time and can he give Steph a few buckets? Like, I don't know. Last year kind of showed me that Steph will just hang with you and that they'll, that's just a equation they're willing to make because he's not going to be making, you know, pull up threes and stuff on him. It's going to be all twos. And so I don't, I just, I, I don't, I don't know if I see that one working, but we shall see. Um, 
they're going to be so fun to watch this year, and I'm excited that Melo finally got to Houston. I'm excited to watch the whole thing play out. I think Daryl Morey knows what he's doing. I think D'Antoni on the second go-through knows what he's doing. I think Chris Paul and James Harden know what they're doing, and I think that's going to be great. Um, Clint Capella, good extension for both sides. Uh, you know, Clint definitely, in a better market, could have gotten a ton of money. But I think this is very fair in terms of what he is, how perfect this situation is for him, and how, um, you know, successful he's been here, but how, you know, he's going to get that extra $10 million, he's going to have to be really good. And he is one of those centers where it's like he's 24 right now, I think. And so it's like uh, that age, I would say, like 22 through like 25, is when these centers like Capella and Drummond are most successful in terms of their rebounding, in terms of being way more athletic and way bigger and way just harder to deal with on the glass um, than the player, than everyone else on the court. And so um, this will take him, I think, till he's like 28 or something like that. So I could see the back half of this contract being a little heavy, maybe a little hard to trade. Um, but he's essentially going to be there the whole time. Arden's there. They'll, you know, that'll that'll never be a bad uh, pairing. That'll never that'll never not be good for a bunch of regular season buckets and some good times in the playoffs as well. Um, so yeah, Rockets for me definitely. Uh, oh, losing Ariza, it like definitely knocks it down. But I'm going to say a B. Um, which is weird because it would to me it would have been an A if they do everything the same, and they keep Ariza. And so I guess yeah, Ariza knocks it down for me, um, a full letter, a full letter grade. I'm not too bummed about Mumba Mute. I don't. I know that like. He. He 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 his minutes would have been better than say Ryan Anderson or Gerald Green or. Um, James Ennis even maybe, but I'm not seeing him in like most of the best lineups at the end of the games and you know this that and the other. So it's like I think they can get away with not having him on the team against the best of the best, aka the freaking Warriors. Um. So yeah, B for them. Moving on to the Pacers. Um. Like what the Pacers did this year, uh, would have rather seen them give you know, freaking Trevor Ariza or whatever that contract, um, and really get someone that's a better defender on the wing because their small forward rotation now is Boyan Bogdanovich and Doug McDermott. So I know they had a decent defense, and especially in the playoffs with Bogdanovich at small forward, but, um, you know, that's <laughs> it's kind of a flaming bag of shit. <laughs> on the wing on defense. But I guess you've got Oladipo, who, you know, is first-team all-defender um, kind of guy. Um, and Collison and Joseph and Holiday will all provide good point guard defense. And then Turner, theoretically, at the rim is a good shot blocker. You know, not really a good, really great defender. Um, and then Thaddeus Young is a good defender. So, you know, they'll be solid. But um, I, I like McDermott. I could see him really thriving in Indiana. I like Tyreek. I see him doing really well, sort of being, you know, whenever Oladipo's not in the game, and even sometimes when he is. But um, 
bring in, you know, 80%, 75%, whatever it is of what Oladipo brings as a playmaker will be um, really useful. Um, I hope O'Quinn doesn't take away too much from Sabonis playing at center because I do think that is his best position. Um, and I think Sabonis, I, I was here and I, who was it? Um, I think it was Sam Vecini's podcast talking about um, whether or not Sabonis or Miles Turner was a better player and has a better future. And I, you know, might kind of be in the Sabonis camp of that because I just think he's got some feel that Miles Turner just does not. But, you know, Turner's certainly the more physically enticing prospect, and this will be a big year for him, I think. Um, you know, if he can really break out and uh, earn a big contract uh, after this season, good for him and good for the Pacers because they'll, you know, could they could really shoot up, you know. That race, the race for home court in the 4-5 uh, matchup is going to be huge between Indiana, Milwaukee, and Washington. Whoever, and I guess Miami, um, whoever's going to get that spot, um, and I fully expect the Bucks to do it. Um, but if the Pacers can somehow get that, that will be huge for that four or five matchup because that is going to be whoever is you know a game away for whatever it is from making the four spot uh, is going to be a really good opponent, and it's going to be really important to have home court advantage there. Um, and I also re- really would not want to play the Sixers, or Raptors, or the Celtics in the first round. Um, so yeah, the East playoffs is going to be tough, man. After, after that first round, um, it's going to be the, the, the semi, the conference semifinals are going to be wild. Uh, hopefully we get Celtics bucks 2.0 and, uh, Raptors Sixers would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, wow. That would be, that would be crazy. Um, anything else on the Pacers? I like the Aaron Holiday pick. He'll, 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 he could be a really nice pairing alongside Oladipo. That could just be a nasty defensive backcourt in the future. But, and you know, I kind of trust the Holidays. Justin's very solid. So I don't really think that they're going to be, um, and you know, Drew's obviously, I think, you know, one of my favorite players in the league in terms of how good he is. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think they're in a good spot. Kylo Quinn was a fine pickup as long as he doesn't take too much away from Sabonis playing at center. But that actually, you know, now that I'm looking at it, unless you're really playing Tyreek Evans a lot at the three and McDermott at the four, he's going to have to play some minutes at the four. Unless you're playing TJ Leaf, but I don't know. TJ Leaf seems like he sucks. Um, so, yeah, Pacers, offseason... Didn't do exactly what I want, would have wanted them to do, but did fine, did good, like the addition, so that's a B plus, maybe A minus for me. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers brought back their freaking deepest team in the league of a bunch of like C plus, B minus dudes. Um, you know, Pat Bev, you can stay healthy. If your point guard rotation is Pat Bev, Milos, um, and Juwan Evans, without even mentioning the guy you just picked 13th or whatever, and Shy Gilgis, or maybe it was 12th, um, like he should start. Gilgis Alexander should start, no question about it. Um, 
but do they want to try and compete and start Pat Bev and Avery Bradley and have, you know, like to me, it should be Gilgis Alexander and Jerome Robinson starting. I guess maybe not Jerome Robinson, but it should be Gilgis Alexander, Avery Bradley. Um, and then I guess you got to go, I would probably go Mamba Mute, Tobias Harris, Gortat. I would probably go Harrell to start. I don't know. Or Harrell. But I don't know. They'll be fine. They're they're deep as hell. Harrell's a good contract to bring back. I like Gortat for DeAndre. Um, you know, just be solid. Uh, Mike Scott's a good pickup. Sam Decker hopefully plays a little more this season, though I could see him getting cut. Um, I'm hoping Jerome Robinson shows something that I'm not seeing. Um, because that was sort of a mystifying pick to me and to a lot of people. Um, and especially on this team that just seems like they have so many guards and that guy cannot really play the three. And it's just like Avery Bradley can't really play the three. Lou Williams can't really play the three. I guess Gilgis Alexander can kind of play the three. But you got a lot of sort of point guard-sized people on this team. Um, so that's that's going to be weird. But you also do have a ton of people who are going to get hurt probably. So that shouldn't be too much of an issue. But... To start, it'll definitely be kind of odd uh, to see who um, who Doc's playing and who Doc's sort of burying on the bench. Um, you know, I probably would have preferred to blow it up a little more, try to see what you can get for some of your assets, but they've got a clean cap sheet going forward, and if they wanted to compete this year, they did about as good a job if they, as they could have. I'm excited to see what Tobias Harris can do, and... Um, I hope Gildas Alexander gets a lot of minutes because I'm excited to see what he can do as well. Um, so, you know, that's about a B for me, maybe B minus. Um, but those picks, you know, it sucks because SGA is looking so good and then Jerome Robinson is looking so like, huh? So, especially when they could have had someone like Melton, though I guess that's kind of drafting two guards. Uh, who else? Um can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that would have been that much better of a fit. But, I mean, even Michael Porter Jr. would have been the good upside play, you know? That would like, Jesus, how, how could they not do that? Maybe they just had a 100% red flag, like, no way can we pick this guy. Um, all right. Lakers, LeBron James. But, yeah, um, are they going to play him at center? That's basically the big question. Are they going to play him... Is their closing lineup going to be LeBron at center with all the young guys? Or maybe, you know, KCP for Josh Hart. Um, because I totally believe in Lonzo Ball. I really hope he can be healthy to start the season. I hope the shooting's going to be a little better. But I just think as a secondary playmaker to LeBron, it's just perfect. And I think that he is the exact sort of defender that you want alongside LeBron. He's the exact sort of mind that you want to be sort of like crafted by LeBron James. Um, and I think Rondo, I hate the fit of him being on the same team, but if they're going to play Lonzo like 28 minutes or whatever it is, try to keep his load light and then you play Rondo 20. Okay, fine with that, but please don't play them together. Please let Rondo just sort of be like a mentor for Lonzo. Don't try to make that work on the court together because that's going to be atrocious. There's too many people, especially at bronze on the court too, with the ball in their hands, need the ball in their hands, etc. KCP, people are really giving shit to, but he's going to have a fucking excellent season, um, getting more open shots than he's ever gotten before, shooting less off the dribble than he's ever done before, um, 
just all going to be catch and shoot looks, and you know, uh, you know, he's not J.R. Smith, but he's a solid catch and shoot shooter, and uh, I see the sort of clutch bond between him and LeBron being solid. Hopefully, it's not a big problem for Luke Walton. Um, because Josh Hart needs to get a look at a lot of minutes too. So I think if that's going to be your shooting guard rotation, um, you're essentially going to have to, um, what, play him each 24 minutes a game? Some shit like that because Josh Hart deserves at least at least 20 um, and probably more in the range of 24 to 26. Uh, and KCP, I don't think it's going to be want to play any less than 24 or 26. So that's going to be interesting how that all shakes out. Um Ingram is going to be fantastic, I think. We'll see how he can be shooting off the dribble. I mean, shooting off the catch, because that's going to be the big thing. I, I think him, you know, catching and pump faking and, you know, driving past the guy is going to be great. I think him defensively next to LeBron is going to be great, but it's like LeBron's getting him open looks. Can he shoot those? Can he knock those down in rhythm? Is that going to be an issue at all? If it is, uh-oh. If it's not, awesome. Uh, and he's, he couldn't be a more perfect fit. Same thing with Kuzma. If he's going to be knocking down shots, if he's going to if he's going to be playing better defense, they're going to be totally fine. Um, and they're you know he he's a really great fit next to LeBron. Is a total just shot maker um, who can attack closeouts all the same. Who can you know they're they're guys who theoretically can hit open shots. And this is the same thing with Josh Hart and even Lonzo Ball. They can hit shots in their best versions of themselves. Um, and these are, you know, catch and shoot, wide open looks. So if the guy doesn't close out hard. But if the guy closes out super hard, they can go make moves for themselves and others. And, um, you know, the potential for that to all work out is there. And I get it. And I get where if you squint and these guys all hit, you know, 88 80 to 90th percentile outcomes for their season this year, then yeah, they could be really, really, really good. But I just don't know if, you know, that's a lot of shit that has to go right. But if Ingram, LeBron, and Kuzma are all playing, you know, whatever it is, 28 to 32 minutes a game, that does not leave a lot of minutes for Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley, which is very, very good. Um, so, you know, if they're going to only end up playing, you know, maybe one of them plays 10 or 12 minutes a game, uh, you know, depending on the night, depending on the matchup, then that those start to look a lot less horrible. Um, I would really love to see Luol Deng get some minutes, uh, especially if he's just going to be sitting on the bench again, because I think he could fit nicely next to LeBron. Um, but we'll see. That probably won't happen. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if your center rotation is going to be fucking JaVale McGee, Ivaka Zubac, uh, Ivaka, Avika Zubac, I think is what it is. That's, that's a funny story, that one. Um, and Mo, and Mo Wagner, like, I don't know, LeBron has to close games to center because like, all right, so what? You, you do not want JaVale McGee playing more than 14 minutes a game. I'm sorry. So 14 for him, if you're going to try and get 10 to 12 out of Zubac. Let's say you could try to get 14 out of him and Wagner too. All right, so now you're at 28 minutes. That's LeBron at center or Michael Beasley at center for 20 minutes a game. Like, 
I can't see. All right, so let's say LeBron does it for like a couple, what, five minute spurts, and then they do it for the last like however many minutes in games. I don't know. I mean, maybe they just murder teams with it, and they're actually like really, really good. They're blowing teams out, and then they don't have to play. I mean, they can play Mo Wagner, you know, eighteen minutes a game or whatever, because a bunch of it's uh, garbage time, but. I don't know. There's just a lot you really have to wrap your head around and start talking yourself into with this Lakers team. And if they really hit on all their outcomes, then it could work like a charm. But if they don't, it's going to be a long season for LeBron, and it's going to be kind of shitty to watch. And it's going to be really annoying that they sort of wasted this year of what's probably going to be another really good LeBron James season um, with guys like Beasley and Lance and stuff around him. But if he can sort of take take a little bit more of a backseat offensively, really really be an, just an unreal play finisher and, you know, still a creator, but not the guy who's got the ball in his hands at the top of the three-point line every possession like he was in the playoffs. If he can do that, go back to trying on defense where he's still an unbelievably plus player and all he has to do is care. Like, literally all he has to do is care. Um... It could be a really good version of LeBron James and a version of LeBron James that really allows the guys around him to flourish. So we'll see. I obviously cannot wait to watch it, and I am eagerly awaiting to see where they fall in the whole West playoff picture because I could really see them anywhere from third to eighth. I don't think I see LeBron missing the playoffs. I mean, obviously, if this just goes catastrophe level, you know, they totally could. But, you know, just like it's hard to see them hitting their 90th percentile, it's it's kind of hard to see. It's not hard to see, but, you know, it's it, it's pretty unlikely, I think, that everything goes terribly for them and they just let it fester and fester and fester until they miss the playoffs. Um, I don't see them having, say, like, you know, the the... It's kind of like, you know, if the Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, Steve Nash, uh, Dwight Howard Lakers had end up missing the playoffs. Like, I don't think they'll let it get that far. I think they'll make some moves, shake it up. Um, I really want them to get Damian Lillard. But if Lonzo's a perfect fit, then they probably shouldn't do that. So, we'll see. Hopefully, he can, hopefully him and Ingram can hit some open threes. That's what this really all relies on. And Kyle Kuzma becoming a better defender. It's like if those... Those three things can happen, and Walton can keep all these guys on a level head, and Beasley and uh, Lance Stevenson aren't going to freak out about not playing a bunch, then, yeah, this team can be really, really, really excellent. So, offseason, they got LeBron. Got to be an A, but, you know, we'll call it an A- because they signed the... (laughs) the most ridiculous people ever to uh, fill out their bench. And I really, really probably would bet you that Nick Young is going to be on this team before the offseason is over. Um, it's at 50 minutes, so I'll cut it here. Um, I might just keep going with these. Uh, but I'll be back with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies through... I don't know. We'll see. We'll either go through like the Sixers or the Suns, or maybe we'll just go through the rest of the league. Thanks for listening.